Hello and welcome to the Journalism.co.uk podcast, a show where we bring you insights from media industry experts to help journalists do their jobs better. I'm your host, Jacob Granger. Today, we're going to be getting tips on how to monetize podcasts from the New Statesman. There's a good reason why it was ranked in the top 10 most popular news podcast in the UK in the latest Reuters Institute Digital News Report, and it also picked up Best Commercial Strategy at this year's Publisher Podcast Awards. Here to share with me the exciting new opportunities and latest developments in the podcasting space is Chris Stone, executive producer at The New Statesman. Coming up, we'll learn about audiences' tolerance for ads and branded content, bundling podcasts into a wider subscription program, and the one thing no podcast strategy should be without. That's all coming up, so don't go anywhere. Chris, welcome to the journalism.co.uk podcast. Thanks ever so much for coming on to the show. Thanks for having me. Chris, uh, our audience won't be able to see this, but behind you are two guitars mounted on a wall. Uh, I understand that um, back in your heyday, you're a bit of a guitar player and now you're resurrecting the, your love for the craft. Yeah, I think it's I think it's my midlife crisis, to be honest with you. I was, uh, yeah, I was um, an avid guitarist as a teen and did reasonably well, was in a few bands, but uh, I just sort of plateaued and left it where it was for a while. And now, you know, reaching my 40s, I've, uh, I've, I've got back into it. And I've been learning a lot from YouTube, which didn't exist when I was learning originally. And it's brilliant. What kind of bands were you in? Uh, <laughs> Spill your secrets. Come on. <laughs> yeah, I, I, was in a, I was in a punk grunge band that played a lot of kind of Nirvana and... Radiohead covers. Nice. Yeah. Are you still into it? <laughs> uh, I'm not in a band anymore, and uh, you can tell by looking at me, I'm I'm very much out of my punk grunge phase. But I've uh, still still got the love for audio, but perhaps in a in a different medium these days with with podcasting. Yeah. So that's kind of stuck with you. But uh, how how's how you been getting on um, reigniting your your love for music and and the guitar? How you been taking up those YouTube lessons? <laughs> I'm a, I'm very much a bedroom noodler. I've been learning a lot about uh, music theory, which when I was a teenager, I thought was the most boring thing ever. Oh, it's hard, isn't it? Yeah, but now as a as a as a more mature gentleman, I uh, have have discovered a love for music theory and really like understanding what I'm playing rather than just. Uh, playing the odd shapes you know maybe maybe i'll be the same in 10 years time i mean back in my teens i played the drums and that uh that passion kind of um was extinguished a little bit when i went to uni <laughs> uh but maybe i'll rediscover it i mean obviously you can't have a drum kit in uni digs so maybe you know, one day i'll pick up the sticks once again and uh, i definitely remember the rudiments of drumming being one of those oh, do we really have to do this in the lessons yeah. but Maybe uh, I'll have a newfound appreciation uh, in a decade's time. <laughs> I think we. I think I can. I can. I can. I can spot a, a media industry supergroup uh, coming up. <laughs> you know, Peter Houston from uh, the Media Voices podcast said a similar thing to me. <laughs> <laughs> Great, we should definitely do it. It's it's on the cards. We're going to get the band together. He he was in a, a punk band back in the day. He was on the show and he was explaining this as well. So we've got three three founding members. Uh, <laughs> uh, this is definitely a, a call to anyone else listening in. If uh, you're in the media industry and you've got a, you know, we need a bassist. So. Yeah. You're on the hunt. <laughs> Chris, tell me about this um, this new passion for audio that you have now in, in podcasting. You're obviously the uh, executive producer at The New Statesman, doing loads of great stuff um, with podcasting, award-winning uh, commercial podcast strategy, no less. Um, yep. 
tell us about the podcast offering at New Statesman and, and perhaps how that's changing. Yeah, so um, my my I tell you what, my love for audio has come from a video background. So I was originally a video producer, um, worked at the Telegraph and at the Evening Standard, and have launched a number of different podcast strategies for um, for large media organisations. And at the New Statesman, um, it's been a really interesting opportunity because um, when I joined, they had the New Statesman podcast in existence and they had started a global affairs show called World Review. And uh, I was tasked with kind of taking that on and building a team around those to, um, to grow them and to expand the reach and to increase the revenue opportunities. Um, and so winning the award for best commercial strategy was very uh, encouraging because it you know it suggests that other people in the industry think that we're doing something right for the last year or so we've had three feeds we've had the new statesman podcast the world review feed and the audio long reads feed now those have all had um, been sort of in their own verticals. So the New Statesman podcast is uh, politics-focused, Westminster politics, UK politics, uh, World Review, Global Affairs, and Audio Long Reads is like reported features and essays. Um, and what we've noticed is that the bulk of our audience are coming to the main New Statesman podcast feed. So right now we are in a a period of experimentation and consolidation, and we're looking at uh, bringing more of our content into the single feed to increase our opportunity to grow the audience and to increase our revenue opportunities as well. Right. Elaborate on that advantage for me, please. Uh, what 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 is the upside of consolidating in this way? So we are getting um, revenue from four different levels if you like um the first is the the platform revenue that we get that's uh programmatic advertising through our host acast or uh sponsorships on the podcasts that they sell and then on top of that we have our own sold inventory of advertising and sponsorships and also branded content and consolidating our feeds means that we will be publishing more episodes into the New Statesman podcast feed, which increases the amount of downloads that we will be getting per week or per month. Mm -hmm. That increases the available ad inventory mm -hmm. and uh, makes the feed more appealing to uh, commercial partners to get involved with sponsorship. So there is a, there's a revenue benefit, but there, there something we're watching very carefully is the impact that that is going to have on the audience. And we've got to be very mindful of what the audience want and making sure that in doing so, we're offering them a better experience rather than just chasing the money, if you know what I mean. Right, because if the audiences aren't tuning in, the advertisers won't be as interested. Yeah, exactly. Right, that's super interesting. Can you put a rough ballpark on what each of these four different revenue sources represents for New Statesman? Yeah, the platform revenue that we get is about 30% of our revenue mix. And the NS sold stuff is about 70%. And of that, the vast majority at the moment is coming through branded content. Right. So the direction of travel, is it is it moving towards, you know, self-generated uh, ads and uh, branded content? The, the platform revenue is really, really beneficial. Um, frankly, that is what basically pays our bills. 
we are um, we're about breaking even on platform revenue, and then the profit opportunity is on the self-sold stuff. Is it is it hard to do the self-sold stuff? The challenge really is, and the opportunity, the challenge and the opportunity is in um, helping the New Statesman uh, commercial teams integrate the podcast offering into the wider multi-platform packages that they offer. And that, I think, is where it is where it differentiates from the platform sold advertising. By selling it ourselves, we're able to put together um, content packages for potential partners that span the whole of our media mix. So we get advertisers and partners that um, will put content in the magazine, that will put content on the website, that will maybe sponsor an event, and will also get involved in a podcast. By bringing all of that together, we can create a really compelling offering for commercial partners to reach our key opinion former audience with their message in all these different surfaces. Right. I can imagine that the uh, platform generated revenue kind of takes care of itself. You know, uh, ACAS does that really, you know, on your behalf versus the self-generated uh, revenue is is stuff that you have a bit more creative control over, a bit more financial control over. Is that about right? Yes. Um, we have a pricing agreement with ACAST where we will sell at the same minimum that they do in terms of pricing. But because we're making our, um, because we're offering our podcast products as part of a wider mix, we can be more creative about how that pricing is structured within um, the package. And the thing that we offer that maybe doesn't come through the platform so much is that branded content element. And that's where the um, that's where we find most of the clients that our sales team are speaking to are most engaged. They, because of the type of um, audience that we have, we have a about 40% work in government and policy. We have a large group of our listeners are in business. We have journalists and academics. So these are key opinion formers. Um, and our clients that we work with really value the opportunity to contribute to thought leadership content in the area of sort of public affairs in a relevant space to them right in a relevant space to them so that we are kind of helping them reach very much the audience that they're interested in and so because we offer that in you know multiple different media types multiple different surfaces that is quite an attractive uh, proposition i think for our partners so podcasts provide advertisers and clients with a more creative way to reach a specialised audience group. Podcasts are attractive, not just in a multi-format bundle that might bring in other parts of the business, they are also holding their own in bespoke podcast deals. And there's two particularly interesting opportunities that the new statesman is leaning into. The first is sponsored appearances. It has an in-house policy team called Spotlight, which covers nitty-gritty healthcare and cybersecurity issues. It's a great opportunity for commercial partners to contribute to the conversation and have a paid seat at the table. This, of course, is all editorially controlled and managed. Secondly, freshly launched is what it's calling a top and tail branded slot. That includes a 30 second ad read at the start of the episode and a five minute interview with the client 
bolted on at the very end. Clients love this because the new Statesman can show them impressive metrics on how many listeners are tuned in right to the very end. So our podcasts, like many, I think, um, average somewhere between uh, 85 and 95% listen through for our editorial podcasts. Um, podcast listeners are very engaged. They're fairly sympathetic to advertising. Um, and we find that even our pure branded content plays in the in the in the spotlight format um they get high listen through as well um so for our clients that want to reach that very specific target audience that we have um that's a very attractive play you know that's that's pretty reliable way to get exposed on your platform exactly yeah and you know that is people that will be actively engaging with the topic that the client are interested in for an extended period of time so that's a really key selling point um i mean how do, how do you ex explain the first part of that is it just like audience aren't given really an option to skip past the ads or whatever or is, is there kind of less of a blind spot for for adverts in this medium how do, how do you explain it um i think there is generally a reasonably high tolerance for advertising in podcasts we have found when <laughs> we we have found occasionally that with the combination of our own stuff and the ACAS stuff, there have been some weeks where, where we've had like three minutes of advertising at the front of the podcast, <laughs> kind of by accident. And then we start getting messages from listeners going, well, that's too much. Yeah. Um, so there's a, there's definitely a threshold. Oh, so, that, so the ACAS ads and your kind of home ads can... Um, stack on top of each other but yeah they they can do it's probably not best when they do and so we have found that the audience response when that happens is can we get to the episode please su yep. suboptimal yeah <laughs> so there is a little bit of like oh okay sorry we'll draw we'll dial that back a bit um but i mean overall people are familiar with the fact that podcasts are, for, are free um and they, I, I mean, you know, generally speaking, I think the trend in podcasting is that audiences are fairly tolerant of the ads. We do offer an ad-free feed to subscribers as well. Um, and yep. so that, I think, softens the blow a little bit as well, because it's like, OK, look, we are a serious outlet. for uh, We're an outlet for serious journalism. It costs money to produce you're getting this podcast for free. You need to listen to some ads, but there is an option. Yep. If you don't want the ads, which is fair enough, you can become a paying subscriber and you can get the ad free feed via the new Statesman app. Um, and that has been reasonably successful as well. Glad you brought that up. Let's put, let's put a quick pin in the advertising thing. We'll come back to that, but you know, you, you mentioned them there, the, the podcasts are free. I do know that they are part of your wider new Statesman uh, subscription where I think if you sign up for the digital, you get early access to, to the podcast. That's about right, isn't it? Yes. 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 Although we've actually amended that. It's it's not early and ad-free now. Um, so currently we offer our kind of our regular formatted programming to subscribers ad-free. We have our always on shows, which are, you know, the that come through every week. But then we also publish uh, three or four mini series into the feed 
every year. We've got one coming up with Armando Iannucci, uh, the fourth series of our show with him, Westminster Reimagined. And we are going to experiment with putting that out to subscribers maybe two weeks early in the subscriber feed. But that is like, we are actively experimenting with that. We haven't done it before, so we will trial it and see how it works. So take me into the rationale. Why is this something you'll be experimenting with with the early access? Honestly, it's a bit of an experiment. We 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 have a hypothesis that it will be a valuable proposition for paying subscribers. Yeah. Is it just like a, an appetite amongst your podcast listeners? You know, just confidence in the numbers that you're seeing? Yeah, I mean we we have a we have a very loyal and um engaged podcast listenership. Um we run a listener questions episode that, you know, every week we get a large number of comments and questions for consideration in that we get people uh, coming up to our hosts and telling us how much they enjoy it. We get quite a high level of engagement on Twitter. You know, we know that our audience are, are loyal and engaged. And uh, we feel that as a subscriber, yep. you should be getting some benefits when it comes to the podcasts. And we're trying to find opportunities to add value to subscribers. And so the early access element, I think, is something that um, seems to be an opportunity. Yeah. We'll test it and we'll see. I know that competitors do something similar and I think that's a, a good opportunity. Um, and, you know, I think the other area for experimentation will be additional content, yeah. um, bonus content, but we haven't tried that yet. How do you weigh up the the two of, you know, potentially more subscription revenue versus the loss of ad revenue when you're going ad free with podcasts? The value of a subscriber is higher than the value of an ad. So, uh, the, I'm not worried about cannibalization or anything because how much more valuable? How much more? Mm-hmm. The monetary value of a paying subscriber outweighs the revenue that we would get from ads by uh, easily, you know, 10, 20 times. But really, there's a longevity value there as well. You know, building a loyal audience that come back to us time and again and pay to engage with our content that's like the most engaged relationship that you can have and so for us that is a tremendously valuable thing to foster right and you can still do the branded content in with the subscriptions as well right um you can currently we offer our branded content in the main public feed only but then it also appears on the website as partner content and is promoted via our kind of partner content module. Mm, super interesting. Um, are, are podcasts good for acquisition and retention of subscribers at all? We do find that we have a handful of people every week that subscribe using the uh, the podcast offer code. So we can track, like we have, we have a, a code that tells us when people come to the page from the podcasts. There's, you know, a small handful of people every week that come through there to become paying subscribers. Oh, like a trackable link from the Acast platform, you mean? Or Correct. Yeah. Yes, mm-hmm. that's right. And we also know that the users on our app have a tremendously mm-hmm. high engagement rate. So, again, this is part of the wider content mix, right? So the podcast is freely available, 
we're saying to subscribers, you can get this ad free via the app. That's helping to drive people to the app. And we're finding that the numbers on the app itself are really, really interesting. So we get um, we get an exceptionally high time per user. We get 24 minutes on the app versus less than one minute on the website per user. So taking people to our app is tremendously helpful for driving that subscriber retention. I don't find that surprising at all. I mean, I've tried listening to podcasts on desktop and it's just not the same as having it mm-hmm. you know, on a podcast app. It's just really not the same thing. So those numbers are not um, particularly surprising, but encouraging to see. And if I take anything from this so far, Chris, it's just the number of levers that you can pull with podcasts, be that different revenue, different um, content kind of opportunities with partners. Podcasting seems to just give you so many different options um, to play around with, experiment and lean into maybe what's working, try something else out. Yes, yes, absolutely. I mean, the whole space is really fast moving. So um, you have to keep experimenting in order to either stay on par or stay ahead. You know, you, you, you've you got to keep moving. Um, so like, you know, mm. we had a two episode feed for the New Statesman podcast feed for a long time that was doing very well. Now we're experimenting with adding more episodes into that. We'll see how that goes. We're also experimenting with video. In fact, that's now less of an experiment and is now more of a kind of a concrete thing that we're doing. We've, we have built a um, bespoke podcast and video studio in our Farringdon offices. And every podcast that we record now is being recorded in video and published on our YouTube channel and across our social media. And that helps to drive awareness of the podcast and of the brand more broadly. But also then with YouTube, you've got platform opportunities there as well. Okay, let's summarize all of that. Tying podcasts into wider subscriptions is really where the money is. And that's where publishers need to experiment more around certain perks that encourage people to sign up. Early access and exclusive content are your two main levers here. Advertising and branded content are your two other basic sources of revenue for podcasts. Third-party platforms like Acast can do a lot of the heavy lifting for you here and provide some steady money, but the listeners will get more generic ads. Doing your own in-house adverts and branded content deals with clients is trickier, but the end result is better tailored for audiences and clients alike. Listeners have a pretty high tolerance for both ads in podcasts and branded content episodes, but both come with very different considerations, which we'll hear more about next. Let's start with advertising, how this space is changing and what new opportunities are on the horizon. I think one of the biggest opportunities that we are keen to um, do more work with clients on is the branding and marketing opportunities through our 30 second pre and mid and post roll ads. I think we've got like, um, you know, we are oversubscribed on the branded content, but there's a large opportunity for people to get involved with advertising on our podcasts. And that like, if we, that for us is very attractive because it's um, relatively, uh, it's, 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 um, it's relatively straightforward. It's a it's a very discreet kind of package that you can just offer a week's advertising very clean. Um, and I think for 
for our potential partners, I think it's a really good opportunity to get their message in front of our really uh, quite influential audience um, without having to do too much heavy lifting themselves. I mean, the branded content pieces, you know, there's a there's a like, there's quite a long lead time on those and it's quite a high level of effort for a partner. There's a lot of kind of work and logistics that needs to go into that. Whereas the branding opportunity with the adverts is, is fairly straightforward. It comes in at a lower price point. And I think there's a, there's a real opportunity for people to get involved with us on that level. And um, yeah, and I'd love, I'd love to see more of that happening. <clears throat> Units to shift then. I, uh, I suppose you could. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what about the branded content? You touched on it there. This is becoming more of an emphasis for the new statesman as you um, are increasing the number of slots per feed over the course of a year. We think the tolerance for um, branded content is going to go up. So we, until recently, had an inventory of 12 pieces of branded content per year in the feed. Um, I have recently told the sales teams that they can have more than that. Um, they can have up to 24 episodes a year. And that won't overwhelm the feed, we hope, because there'll be a lot of other uh, content going into it, because we've got to be mindful of the fact that, you know, uh, that mix, you know, people come to us for those particular shows and so throwing too much different stuff in the feed can be, maybe there's a bit of an audience tolerance question there. Um, so we've got to be mindful of that. But I think there's probably an opportunity to expand our inventory of branded content. And, you know, I mean, that's our maximum fill. Realistically, we will reach maybe 75% of that. So you can expect to see maybe 18 episodes um, in the feed that have a have a... Uh, partner attached to them and you know these are like this is good stuff it's not it's not like the, <laughs> I don't want to give the message that the branded content is in any way like lower caliber because like for example we did an, a brilliant piece on antimicrobial resistance that had you know contributions from members of both houses the commons and the lords and that had um you know people who work in the medical space and the public awareness space around these issues um and that had a that had a sponsor attached to it but it was a really compelling 30 minute sort of mini doc um that our audience gave us some really positive feedback on that's that's like the best case example of our branded content that is um adding value to our listeners and is adding value to our partners what do you look for in client fit what represents good brand alignment between your business the new statesman and your clients you know how do you make sure you're serving your business and your audience at the same time yeah good question i think the best the best iteration of that is when a client is coming to us not just to sort of spray and pray with their message spray and pray classic <laughs> we don't want we, you know that it, it, it doesn't really work for the audience for us or for the client if all they're doing is just trying to pump a message out as as much as and as wide as possible is is that backed up in the data as well that the audiences really don't like that kind of spray and well, what did you call it? Spray and pray. Spray and pray. Is is that backed up in the data, or is that just evangelizing from an editorial standpoint? Um, we find that 
when we get clients who are positioning themselves as part of a story, open to having frank conversations on th- on the theme, it may possibly have some different opinions in it to theirs, you know, that it's part of a conversation rather than just putting their message out. We find that our listen through is longer. We find that our engagement from the audience in terms of positive comments is better. Um, conversely, you know, we have had um, some instances where uh, it maybe hasn't worked quite as well as that. And we do see that the listen through is less, you know, I think it, it, it does bear out that if we can serve our audience with something genuinely useful and interesting to them, obviously they are going to be more engaged with that. Mm. And if a client gets on board with that and fully invests in that, um, then it can be a really powerful partnership. And everyone's happy then. And that's what we all want. Everyone's happy. The best case we've had, we've had some brilliant examples of that where, where the client has given us some really gold uh, contributors that are doing some fascinating things in their field that we're able to weave into a wider story that fits with our editorial priorities and serves the audience with something interesting, you know, best case scenario. Super. Lastly, then one space to watch in podcasting, Chris, what would you say? Um, Video. Everybody's talking about it. Loads of people are doing it. Lots of people saying, why should I don't want to changes the medium? True. But I think it's inevitable. And um, and I think that if you're not doing video as part of your podcasts already, um, particularly for conversational podcasts, slightly different for, you know, narrative documentaries and things, um, but particularly for conversational podcasts, if you're not doing video as part of your mix already, um, then you're leaving um, audience outside who you could otherwise be welcoming in. I'll put that in my top pocket. Um, (laughs) Chris, listen, thanks so much for coming on the show. It's been a, it's been a blast to hear about all the stuff you're doing in podcasting at the new Statesman. And um, thanks so much. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me, Jacob. Plenty and plenty of food for thought in this episode. As Chris says, podcasting is a fast moving space and publishers cannot afford to sit still for very long. Don't chase the money is a very good takeaway. It's potentially counterintuitive, but if you're too heavy-handed with ads, or the client doesn't suit the episode, you'll just alienate listeners. Focus on getting your audience strategy right instead. If you've got great metrics to boast on listen-through data, the commercial opportunities will follow, and you can spend more time on being selective over partners. But what did you take from today? Find me on Twitter at jpgjournalism or email me on jacob at journalism.co.uk. You can check out all of our episodes on all your usual podcast platforms, SoundCloud, Spotify and Apple Podcasts by searching and subscribing to the journalism.co.uk podcast. But that is all we have time for this week. I've been your host, Jacob Granger. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time.